All right, the uh, Global uh, Threat Solutions uh, Report, the Global Threat Report, sponsored Threat Solutions, we should say. And uh, you just heard it. Uh, for peace of mind on certain times, ladies and gents, uh, go to that great site, globalthreatsolutions.com. The captain's uh, company provides so many services. Please check out the great website, globalthreatsolutions.com. The captain, uh, Ken Bombay, uh, joins us. Uh, on this uh, Thursday morning. Great to have you, uh, uh, Captain, and so much going on, obviously. I was over in the Middle East uh, with attacks uh, on uh, some of these bases, 42 in all, U.S. being attacked out in the Middle East, bases in Syria and Iraq, finally fighting back somewhat here. But uh, all in all, a lot of activity that's not getting a lot of play. Not getting a lot of play. That's right, Jay. So uh, U.S. troops, since the beginning of this conflict, have come under attack over 40 times. And just yesterday, the U.S. carried out an airstrike on a weapons warehouse in eastern Syria that they claim is used by Iranian-backed militias. And this is supposed to be in retaliation for this growing number of attacks. But I can tell you, you know, the, the common opinion is that it's too little, too late. The Biden administration has taken continued criticism for a week an ineffective response to attacks on U.S. assets in the Middle East. Um, people want to see or are questioning why are we not targeting more direct Iranian assets that are going to have a bigger impact on them. And to be hit over 40 times, and, and we've now struck twice, which seems like sites that have very little impact on Iran, it doesn't seem to be um, adequate at this time. Response uh, has been limited. Um you got to wonder. You got to wonder what's going on here with this administration. A sleep of the switch. I, I, I don't know. I can't figure it out. I think there has to be more direct hits. More direct hits. We know where they're coming. They're getting the marching orders from Tehran. There has to be a response in some sort of fashion here. Uh, and we're not really living up to it. I'll tell you that much. Troubling. Troubling. Now, Israel claims Cap has destroyed about 130 Hamas tunnel shafts. Uh, amidst this uh, expansion of its ground operation in Gaza. So uh, they're getting the infrastructure, there's no question. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's where it's all at. The 300 miles, the tunnels that we've all heard and uh, and read about. And uh, Israel is uh, is getting it done in, uh, in that regard as the assault continues uh, in Gaza, Cap. That's right, Jay. So the IDF claims now that it's destroyed 130 Hamas tunnel shafts since the start of this conflict. And it, as Israel, and this is also as they continue to expand their ground operation, we're seeing now they're telling people to flee northern Gaza and they're making progress. Um, but what's important about these tunnel shafts is that it's critical, first of all, foremost, to destroy Hamas's ability to attack IDF forces right now. But in the big picture, the long-term impact is in the post-conflict governance of Gaza. Now they're destroy- They're making sure as they move through, they're going to destroy this network of tunnels so they can't be used again in the future against Israel. Which brings up the next question that the post-conflict governance of Gaza, there's a big divide between the U.S. and Israel in this. Now, Prime Minister Netanyahu is suggesting at this point, it's still very early, but he's suggesting that there's going to have to be Israeli security control of Gaza going forward. And the U.S. Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, 
Um, and the Biden administration says that, uh, specifically President Biden, says that there should be no post-conflict uh, reoccupation of Gaza. That's a pretty big divide, a, a big issue. Since we've been talking about this when this started, I've, I've said from the very beginning, there has to be, going forward, there has to be an Israeli presence, a security presence in Gaza. You cannot allow this to happen again. You can't allow this to fester and a group like Hamas to just simply sit and plan attacks on your country. Just like our presence in Afghanistan. Uh, there must be something of similar nature, 100% right. Uh, because, listen, you can eradicate this, that, and the other. The problem is these things pop up years and years later in some sort of fashion here. There must, must always be present uh, a presence over there without question. And interesting, also yesterday, a Cap was watching uh, uh, thousands of Gazans leave uh, that uh, that area uh, for other parts of safety, it seems. So uh, that is a good thing off Roth into Egypt. So a uh, down by the, the southern entranceway there. Uh, so that is a good thing. Seems to be amped up a little bit, too. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of developments. I mean, Israel's making very quick progress, it seems. They're taking out key Hamas leaders. One of the biggest challenges they face is the constant outcry that they're they're killing civilians in this humanitarian crisis. So the U.N. Secretary General Antonio Guterres said the number of civilian deaths in Gaza means something is clearly wrong with the Israeli military occupation. And, you know, Jay, it's like nobody speaks up on behalf of Israel. Yeah, there is something clearly wrong with this operation, and that's that Hamas is using civilians as shields and collating co-locating Hamas fighters and leadership with refugee camps and hospitals and schools. That's what's wrong. You know, they're blaming Israel for the civilian deaths, but you have a group that's blatantly using little girls and children to, to shield their Hamas fighters. That's the problem here. Israel's trying to do the best they can. But to ask them to completely ignore Hamas targets because they're intentionally co-locating them in places with civilians, it's just unrealistic. Israel has no choice. They, they've allowed Hamas and the Palestinians to try and peacefully coexist in Gaza for so long. It's not possible at this point. It's been determined it is no longer possible. They have to rid that area of Hamas at a minimum, and they're committing war crimes. They're using civilians as shields. They are holding hostages. It's another thing, Jay. No one, all the protests across this country that are, and the world, Nobody's screaming, release the hostages. That's not even an issue. No one talks about it. And, I mean, these are war crimes. These are civilians. So uh, I think there's a distorted view in the media. And one of the problems is, is some of our enemies, like China and Russia right now, they're using this to their advantage. They're trying to garner support from all of this anti-Israel sentiment. And they're putting... Israel and the U.S. in the same. They're saying that Israel's just merely a pawn of the U.S. That's what Vladimir Putin just said, and that he's trying to get support from all these people around the world that are that are um, claiming Israel's committing war crimes now. So that is, has big geopolitical implications, too. And meanwhile, you got Biden, uh, you know, he's still urging Netanyahu, uh, Netanyahu, excuse me, to pause the fighting cap for humanitarian reasons. Echoing the call of the G7 uh, foreign ministers who, you know, kind of issued this broader plea yesterday for peace. But 
you know, listen, these nations are recognizing that Israel has a right to defend itself. Uh, they also stated there's a massive humanitarian issue at hand. The problem that I see in this, if you pause, pause to me means a ceasefire. Okay, let's face it. If you have a ceasefire with a Hamas, that gives them time to regroup and get new marching orders. Okay, you can't allow that to happen. You have them right now at bay. You must forge ahead. Now, listen, there's going to be casualties here. There are going to be casualties. Innocent people are going to be lost. They've had ample time to get out. My goodness. But uh, all in all, uh, you know, to me, this administration is uh, is pretty much stating that to me for political reasons. I mean, that's really what it is. There is no logical situation at hand here from a mental standpoint to ask for a pause of this fighting going on. There's none with what Hamas did and everything else. You have to go full speed ahead here. Full speed ahead. And the thing is, they're trying to ride the fence. Secretary Blinken saying, I do not, and we do not, the Biden administration does not agree with the idea of a ceasefire. But we do agree with the humanitarian pause, and it's just semantics. We know it's the exact same thing. It's going to have the same implications if we if Israel puts a pause to this operation right now. It's going to give Hamas a chance to regroup, to rearm, and it's going to give Iran a chance to get weapons uh, and and support in there. We can't allow that to happen. It's that simple. And I'll tell you, in the big picture politically, they're in a bad position right now, the Biden administration. This New York Times poll just came out, and uh, they're showing Trump like destroying him in some key battleground states, one of them 10 points up. And one of the reasons is what's going on, this international, his, his foreign affairs um, and the, the international um, it's like the world's on fire right now. We have Since he took off the war of hot war in Eastern Europe, we have this conflict, and they're trying to play both sides, which is very hard to do. Um, I think impossible to do. You know, we have so many in his, in his party. We just had a member of Congress censored. We, we have so many in his party who are on the far left that are blatantly supporting um, Palestinians, if not Hamas, and he's trying to, he doesn't want to ostracize those people, but at the same time, I think um, the Jewish community in America, many of them who are, are Democrats, they're, they're fed up right now, Jay. And I think we might have even seen some of that in our local election that we just had, where we saw Long Island. I mean, every single key position right now, leadership role in Nassau and Suffolk County, is all Republican now. And I think that it's, it, there's some national political implications on local elections, and I think we might have just seen it. No question. The captain with us, Global Threat Report. Captain, going to switch gears here. You know, every time I see this guy uh, on the news, it just makes me sick. Uh, this is a guy who should have lost his job. I don't know. He should never have had the job, to be quite honest. I mean, you, you, I look at this cabinet. This is one guy that is just unqualified. He's unqualified. And I'm talking about Alejandro Mayorkas, uh, the uh, Homeland yep. Security Secretary. Every time I see this guy, you know, he's 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 getting grilled in Washington. He, he can't even give you a direct answer. He skirts every question. You know, Lindsey Graham asked him yesterday – uh, or the day before, you know, well, how many uh, how many terrorists uh, have have gone into this? He can't even give you a direct answer. He can't even give you a direct no. answer. He, he still feels it's it's there's not a problem down at the border. Meanwhile, you got over six hundred thousand who have made their way illegally into this country without being apprehended. 
by border agents during this fiscal year. Yeah. I mean, you can't. I, I can't understand this. You know, in, you talk about the word impeachment, and I get it. Joe Biden has to answer questions regarding family members and business abroad here. We get into that in a second if you want. But this Mayorkas, he drives me crazy. He is yeah. a detriment to this country. Literally. I, I can't figure yeah. it out. I'll tell you, Jay, in your, your lead-up to this uh, part of our conversation, I knew exactly who you were talking about. Because I, I watched that interview, and it's it's wildly frustrating. He can't give a straight And these are serious questions. These aren't small questions. It's how many terrorists have we let in? How many terrorists do you think are existing in this country? He can't even have an answer. And you know the scary thing is because he doesn't know. He does not know how many terrorists. We're looking at 6 million people he's allowed to come in here. We know there's a record number of people we've caught who are on the terror watch list. How many people do we not know about? How many people are within our borders? Members of Hamas, do we know? We have no idea right now. I would say if there's, you're right about his cabinet. You know, this is why you should not pick people purely on for political reasons when building your cabinet. My dad used to tell me when I was young, he's like, if you're ever in a leadership role, surround yourself with brilliance. And I've always remembered that. And I've had the opportunity to do that in my career. This, this guy has not, uh, President Biden has not done that clearly. And Mayorkas, I would say, and his cabinet has probably done more damage to America than any other person in this administration. What it's You can't even measure the damage now and what we will see in the future from what has happened on the border. And even the way that he responds to these questions is so arrogant. Um, he can't give a straight answer, and I think that he's caused immeasurable damage to the United States. And God forbid, God forbid, we get another 9-11 here. I mean, I don't even want to think about it. But how in the hell can you allow this border to be open during this period of time with all that is going on? All that is going on in the Middle East. How do you allow it? I just can't understand it. Unless unless you want this country to fail. Unless you are, are such an enemy of the United States of America. I, I can't understand yeah. it. Now, you could be a person of importance, as these individuals are, to make these decisions, to keep us safe, to allow this border to be like Swiss cheese, to allow this fentanyl to come into this country, to allow the cartels and human trafficking to, have taken, to take place. 100,000-plus deaths due to these drugs coming in here. I, I just can't understand it. I really can't understand it. Yeah. And Mayorkas is an absolute disgrace to this country. And I read about Customs and Border Protection Cap with these figures released since the financial year ended. I think it was September 30th. I think I had that right. And it shows 900,000 migrants have been allowed into the country legally along the southwest border on the humanitarian parole, allowing them to pursue asylum applications when the number yeah. of added to the number of gotaways, if my math is correct, that's a million and a half migrants who have crossed the border in the last year, many of whom are now straining all of our services in our cities, New York, Chicago. It goes on and on and on. It's amazing. It really is. Yeah. And, and we just had our FBI director very recently put out a, uh, he was interviewed, put out a, a, a briefing where explaining this increased heightened threat, domestic lone wolf terrorism here in the U.S. 
and it was heightened before the Israel conflict. Now, they're extremely concerned about terrorism within our borders. And what's frustrating, Jay, is Mayorkas, whenever questioned, and by the way, this is a standard answer uh, oftentimes on the left in Congress, they'll say, well, the problem is we have a broken immigration system. What a ridiculous answer. Okay, so I don't think a lot of people would argue with that point. We know that. But that's your answer. We have a broken system. So in the meantime, I'm going to let 6 million people in, including terrorists. So much fentanyl, we could kill everyone in America so many times we can't count. I'm going to let in criminal street gangs. I'm going to let in uh, cartel members. That's the answer. That's your answer. And so we have a congressional answer to this immigration system. I'm going to open the border and endanger every American. Why does no one call them out on that? It's ridiculous right now. And it's the greatest threat we face. No question. No question about it. I see this guy in Mayorkas when I travel through airports. I get a queasy feeling. Uh, let me hit you with this final thought here, and that is the other situation at hand. Uh, and I'm talking about the impeachment probe. The Oversight Committee yesterday subpoenaed Hunter and James, uh, President Joe Biden's son and brother, as the search continues, whether this guy committed an impeachable offense in connection to his family's foreign business dealings. You know, Cap, the evidence mounts, the checks we've seen, there's, there has to be some answers uh, to some questions here. Has to be some answers. Uh, you know, cumulatively, they've received over $24 million. I mean, that's a large figure here from foreign nationals. You know, over probably, I would say, a five-year period. And I'm talking about Russia, China, Ukraine, Romania, uh, Kazakhstan. I mean, I go on and on here. And, of course, you know, it's deny, deny, deny here. But at some point, you know, the, everybody says, well, we're waiting for the smoke. Here. Well, one more. I'm seeing more and more evidence. Now, listen, I'm one of these guys that says, you know, I want to see some. I'm seeing it now. I'm seeing it. This is a viable yeah. situation here, Captain. Yeah, definitely. And so here's the thing. Politically speaking, President Biden's not going to get impeached. But that's not what this is about. It's not why they're doing it. Why they're doing it is exactly what they're accomplishing, and that's to expose all this to the American people. And now everyone's seeing this. And now that they're bringing in James and Hunter, they are being guided by their attorneys. They've got to be very careful not to perjure themselves. I think we're going to see some interesting answers when they're called in. And, and I hope they're prepared because they're only going to get them once. And, and I hope that they have the right line of questions and the right people questioning them when they're in there. But, Jay, this is, what really is scary about this is our, our criminal justice system or the mechanism in our government to investigate this, this, these allegations. I mean, they had, the FBI said they had 40 confidential informants giving information about Hunter Biden, 40 of them. We that, and nothing was done. We're reading about uh, obstruction of the whole process where they didn't want uh, the IRS wanted to dig into and they had the legal authority to dig into Hunter's laptop at one point And the FBI wouldn't let him. I mean, there's, that's the real scary part of this whole thing is our system. The system needs to be pure. It needs to work at the highest level. We need that system to work. And clearly broken, the best we could hope for at this point is that in these, um, in these lines of questioning with these subpoenas, it's just going to further expose this corruption. And, look, it's prob I would say it's working because you saw the New York Times and Siena poll. It's, those numbers are horrific.
And I think part of that is what we're seeing going on in these hearings right now, Jay. Well, that's what it is. And I want to see some action here. you got a date set here. I think it's December 13th with this committee. And that for good old Hunter to appear for an interview. Then you got a December 6th date for Brother Jim uh, to show up. Now, if either refuses, by the way, to comply, I mean, Cap, there has to be criminal charges here. I'm sorry. There must be criminal charges. And, you know, you want to tell tell me contempt? There's got to be a contempt of Congress in play here. I mean, I would have to think. Uh, I mean, it's getting hot and heavy now. And they got to answer questions. I want to see Hunter. I want to see Brother Jim on, on that stand. I want to see him in there. He's got to answer some questions. We haven't heard a lot. You know, Hunter has been in and around. I want to see him, but I want to see Brother Jim answer some questions. Yeah. Look, everyone knows what's going on on both sides. Everybody knows half of the country uh, denies it, and the other half clearly could see what's going on here. But everyone knows that there was corruption here, obviously. You know, these checks, these loan payments, this this is financial white-collar investigations 101. These are not this is not a hard case for these people to prove. It's the constant line of obstruction by elements in our government that has kept them from bringing charges. They're, these are clearly, um, uh, there's clearly wrongdoing on behalf of the, the Biden family, family members. And by the way, all we need to do, has anyone said, where did Joe Biden get his money? How did he get his money? Let's see. Let's find out. Where did this, all of a sudden, he's got mansions. He was... He was one of the poorest members of the Senate, and then he and and as and going into his position as vice president, and all of a sudden he's got mansions and he's got tens of millions of dollars. Just let's ask where he got his money. That's all we need to do. Let's find out where that money came from. Yeah, and I mean, listen, there's such reluctance to answer that. Here's the thing: if he loaned the family member money, money, let's let's trace it back. That's all. That's all. Yes. Yeah. You, you, if you write a $40,000 check, show me the trail. Show me. Right. That's all I want to say. I want to see proof. At this stuff. point, I want to see proof. But we'll yep. see what happens in the semi-cap. Now, the captain's brief on Saturday. You'll come back and preview tomorrow for us? Yep. Tomorrow we'll go over our, our show that we're going to be having this weekend. It's going to be a good one. Awesome stuff. The captain, the captain's brief for Global Threat Report Global Threat Solutions, ladies and gentlemen, for peace of mind in uncertain times. Just go to the, the uh, site. Great site. Great info. That's uh, globalthreatsolutions.com. Captain, till tomorrow. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Uh, Thanks, Jack.